Hello. Hey, Rick. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Welcome, by the way. I, I forgot to do that at the start. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones, the new host of 7am. After a terrible summer, the bushfire season still has at least a month to go, but the volunteers who are fighting the fires are exhausted and under-resourced. Rick Morton on whether we can meet the next bushfire crisis without radical changes. driving out to kind of the edge of the Gosford's Mountain Fire, the mega fire actually. We saw some fire trucks earlier pass us on the highway uh, at speed, so this fire is by no means under control. The kangaroos are running away from the bushfire. God, there's at least 25. Another water bottle bombing out. Rick, you were at the Gospers Mountain Fire at the end of last year. Can you tell me about it? So Gospers Mountain Fire started by lightning, dry lightning, at the end of October 2019. Rick Morton is a senior reporter for the Saturday paper. You know, it has collectively, as one fire, it's taken hundreds of homes on its own. And it is still burning. You know, firefighters had never seen something that big before. G'day, Governor. How you going, all right? I'm good, how are you? All right. Mate, I'm, I'm a journo with the Saturday paper. So we were in the Blue Mountains and uh, we actually went and spoke to uh, Ross Alderson, who's the deputy brigade captain for the Shipley uh, Rural Fire Brigade. It is hard for everyone. I'm not just talking about our shed. Every shed within the state of New South Wales, they're just... Everyone's pushed to the limit. Because yeah. you can only do so many days and the fatigue management kicks in. Oh, okay. So how are the firefighters who you spoke to doing? People already were defeated and fatigued and managing increasingly threadbare rosters of men who were taking time, unpaid time off their own jobs, uh, off their own businesses to kind of essentially man a fire that had no end in sight. You can just keep going and going and going and going. No, it's just you can keep going. There's no real strategy there. You'll get tasked to where you go. You'll know where you're going. No. You mentally prepare yourself. So what makes this fire season so different for firefighters now? We have never before had so many millions of hectares burned across so many states. More 1,500 homes lost in New South Wales alone and hundreds more in Victoria and deaths in three states. That is what we are now dealing with. Rainforest that they used to use every year without fail as a firebreak because it didn't burn suddenly starting to go up. And then they've had, you know, their own homes and communities in the south of New South Wales go up. So these people have been fighting fires for four months. And it's that cascading series of major events that in isolation are horrific, but cumulatively are totally unprecedented. One of the other um, guys we spoke to up there on the Blue Mountains was uh, Malcolm Scott, who's with the Megalong uh, Valley Fire Brigade, and he was telling us the circumstances have changed completely. 
Well, we're talking about drought. We're talking about very dry. We're talking about very hot, very, very extremely low humidity. Yeah. It's actually so scary, you don't know. And he was telling us there was a backburn that they were trying to do that had gotten away from them, and they were so terrified of the normal procedure backburning that when they did it on these fires, they were doing twice as much work because they, they were aware that it was very easy for these backburns to get out of control. Things that you'd normally do to, to stop a fire, yeah. this, this doesn't appear that you can. And where you'd normally... So that's the kind of circumstances we're dealing with here. Yeah, so on top of the sheer intensity of the fires, how big is the issue of coordination when you have all of these different fires burning in different states at the same time? You know, you know bushfires don't obey the Federation. And when you've got them all burning at once, what previously used to be quite an adequate system to deal with localised bushfires in localised areas with localised community volunteers suddenly was completely inappropriate and completely inadequate. Um, It's a wake-up call. We have to sit back now and go, does the system work? Do the volunteer structures work? And can we survive another bushfire season doing what we've always done? And, you know, I think the early assessment on that is no, we can't. We have to think about the way we do things and we have to change it. You know, I was speaking to one firefighter who said, you know, we might, we might make it through this season without that system collapsing totally, but I don't think we'll make it through another season. We'll be back in a moment. The Every Moment Matters campaign provides accurate, evidence-based information and advice about alcohol, pregnancy and breastfeeding. It has been created by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education and endorsed and funded by the Australian Government. Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder, or FASD, a lifelong disability. So make the moment you start trying the moment to stop drinking. Visit everymomentmatters.org.au to find out more. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Rick, we're talking about how firefighters in particular have dealt with these bushfires and it it feels like we're almost through it, but that's because the fires started so much earlier than usual. Could conditions get worse again? February is often a bad month. It's often the worst month for bushfires in Australia and, you know, all it takes is one bad day where the heat is high, the humidity is low and the winds are roaring and you've got more crises on your hands and we've got months left of this season. Speaking to one firefighter, um, back when the northern New South Wales fires were still burning and there was a little bit of rain and I said, well, that's that's good, right? Like, surely that's a good thing. He said, it's the worst possible amount of rain, and which I did not know was a thing. Obviously, it's great for farmers, but for bush firefighting, you get a little bit of rain, which is not enough to put out the fires, but it's enough to make the undergrowth start growing again and for some new shoots to grow. And if you don't get any more rain on top of that, then that stuff dries out again and 
what that means is more fuel, more fuel for fires to burn in a season where we already knew that it did not take much for fires to spread. So, Rick, do we have the equipment to deal with these kinds of fires in the next month or in the next year? Look, not really. (laughs) Uh, I mean, during this season, when it was at its worst in early January, the Prime Minister announced that we had leased another uh, two aerial aircraft um, or spent another $20 million on those leases to bring extra ones over to Australia, and they were on their way up until fairly recently when they got diverted by another global catastrophe. So as far as we know, they have not even arrived in Australia yet. That whole scenario has taught us that we were not prepared. I mean, the only firefighting specialist aircraft that is owned by anyone in Australia is the Boeing 737 air tanker that was bought by the New South Wales government fairly recently for a total cost of $20 million. And we've only got one of those. We don't own even one of the Ericsson sky cranes, which are those enormous orange helicopters. One of them's called Elvis. They're so ubiquitous now in the Australian fire season that we think, you know, many people think we own them, but they, we don't. We lease them and we fight other countries for them, like Chile, places in South America, Greece, California, in, you know, northern and southern hemisphere fire seasons that are starting to overlap now. So the, the competition for these limited number of sky cranes is fierce. Okay, so it sounds like we don't have the equipment that we need, which suggests we perhaps aren't well prepared for future fires. Do you think that that's what will come up in the Royal Commission that the government's announced? It's a question that has to be answered by someone. I mean, I'm not sure that we need a Royal Commission to answer that question, but if that's where it comes from, then so be it. There has to be a national involvement in the bushfire preparedness, not just at the level of leasing aviation. I think there needs to be a national reserve firefighting force similar to the army reserves that can be deployed at a moment's notice when things really get heavy. And if we had that this season, then more homes would have been saved. I have no doubt about that. And nor do the people I've been speaking to. You know, there were instances this fire season where they just ran out of resources. I mean, we have had warnings from CSIRO scientists from 1987, which, for those playing along at home, is the year I was born, uh, 33 years ago, that literally said we will probably see worsening bushfire seasons in Australia that will be self-evident by 2020. Are we seeing any signs that the Morrison government is starting to listen to the science more? No. We are seeing signs that the government is listening to the polling. I mean, Scott Morrison has been completely rattled by his handling of this fire season, but also the fact that he's now at least pretending to give lip service to climate change. But we have seen no concrete evidence that anything has changed. Do you think that we need to change the way we're approaching firefighting in this country? It's actually quite telling to look at history here because, you know, in the 1940s, the Country Fire Authority was formed in Victoria in response to one of their then unprecedented worst bushfire seasons in the late 1930s. And again, the New South Wales Rural Fire Service was formed in the mid to late 1990s following what was then the worst fire in New South Wales history in 1994, which burned or destroyed 200 homes and killed about four people on the urban fringe in Sydney. But now things have changed again. We've now had a new unprecedented worst fire season. So what policy change needs to happen, like happened in the 1940s and 1990s, to better help us fight these natural calamities? Because uh, the challenge has changed. How do we rise to meet it now? People have said to me, people 
both very senior and firefighters on the ground have said that they don't think we can continue the way we have. I mean, that would be uh, a sign of madness if nothing changed after this season. Thanks for talking to me today. No, thank you. Thank you. Join Richard Tognetti and the ACO for a bold and intrepid 2022. Featuring a live national concert season, their acclaimed on-demand film series ACO Studio Casts, and exciting programs from their new home in Sydney's Walsh Bay. Subscriptions now on sale at aco.com.au. This year, the Saturday paper celebrates 10 years as Australia's leading independent newspaper. In that time, it's built a peerless reputation for quality journalism, for telling stories that are ignored elsewhere. Subscribe now at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash subscribe. Elsewhere in the news, coronavirus has infected more than 1,900 people in China and killed 56. The country has locked down 50 million people to try to contain the virus. Four cases of coronavirus have been confirmed in Australia, three in Sydney and one in Victoria. There are also confirmed cases in France, Japan and the US. And tens of thousands of Australians attended Invasion Day rallies yesterday. Rallies were held in capital cities across the country, with protesters calling for the date that Australia Day is celebrated on to be changed. Speakers at the rallies also highlighted the ongoing dispossession of Indigenous land and other continuing forms of injustice. A rally was also held in London, with protesters gathering in front of a statue of Captain Cook, holding signs calling for Australia Day to be abolished. Field producing in this episode was done by Elle Marsh in a position supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. I'm Ruby Jones. See you tomorrow.